Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ahead on the Believe in Steelers show, it is draft week. The NFL draft is this Thursday. We'll get you caught up on everything you need to know with the 2023 draft. The Steelers with three picks in the top 49. Welcome into the Believe in Steelers show. I'm Mark Bergen, joined as always by Pittsburgh Steelers scout and two-time Super Bowl champion Ike Taylor. IT, right off the top though, the wrath of Khan continues. Steelers trading for wide receiver Allen Robinson. Ike, I'm on record saying this. I think the Steelers absolutely fleeced the Rams in this deal. I love this deal for Pittsburgh. What say you, Ike Taylor, the news, Allen Robinson, a new Pittsburgh Steeler? Get a seven pick, get a good player, then get a couple of picks down the line and give the LA Rams a seven pick. Omar been working number magic. You know, he's from Louisiana. He's been doing his... uh, He's been saucing. He's been doing this Cajun sauce, you know, in that gumbo pot when it comes down to being the general manager right now. Omar, I told him, I just saw Omar. I said, oh, you're doing your damn thing, baby. I ain't, I ain't never seen this coming. Maybe next year I probably would have saw it coming. You like stepping over the line and 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 really understanding and acting like a GM. You're really supposed to be a GM because you're making them with GM moves. But, oh, getting Allen Robinson, man, uh, um, I didn't know Allen Robinson, Mark, was that huge of a human at that wide receiver position. You know, he's six three and a half, legit, two twenty and some change. So when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, okay, um, this dude here gonna help us uh, big time." So uh, we all was excited. They say Allen Robinson is a pro's pro. He's a man, um, low maintenance. That's exactly what we need. So uh, he on board. He's a part of the family. And I'm just excited to see what he's going to do through all the season. But, yeah, Mark, getting back to O, um, I mean, it's Omar Khan. We might as well call him okay because everything he's been doing has been okay if you want to nickname him. So that's what I'm going to call Omar Khan, uh, Mr. Okay, because you're pretty much okay with everything you're doing, especially with your moves that you're making as a GM. Uh, Allen Robinson, you know, the work pretty much speaks for himself, you know. Um just a cool, like I say, low maintenance guy. When you got a guy who low maintenance, who's productive as well, that's always good for the team. So just another weapon for uh, Kenny Pickett, man. Kenny gonna have nothing but weapons, man. Yeah, 29 years old. He'll get back into the swing of things, Ike. And you're making the Rams pay for most of his salary for 2023. The Steelers are only paying for 33 cents on the dollar. The Steelers will pay $5 million of Robinson's salary. The Rams picking up the remaining 10.25 million. And I, I got to give credit to the Believe Network, Jake Ellenbogen. Uh, he does the LA Rams show. The Rams are paying contracts to players, $74 million for players not on their roster. So the Rams have had a little bit of a fire sale. I'll say it, a, a fire sale outright after winning the Super Bowl because you got Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald on that team. They're now looking to move into a new transition. The dinner bills finally do for the Rams. But from the Steelers standpoint, I look at it from, okay, you get a 29-year-old, an established veteran who's played at a Pro Bowl level. You pair him with Deontay Johnson, who's a different style of receiver. And it's almost like when we talk about receivers in this league, like we talk about the different styles, the different kinds of cars you can have. I think Allen Robinson, you get into the mix and you get more receiving depth to pair him with Deontay, to pair him with George Pickens, 
it doesn't put too much of the onus and burden on Calvin Austin III, who didn't play at all in 2022 due to injury. So you're bringing in an established veteran because Deontay Johnson, I've said this last year, was like the elder statesman. Deontay is only 27 years old. He'll be 27 this year. So you bring in another established veteran who's played at a high, high level. And one other thought I had too, Ike, who's Allen Robinson had at quarterback throwing to him? Now he'll finally have a legitimate quarterback in Kenny Pickett. I can't wait to see what he do, what he can do in a Steelers uniform. Yeah, you look at AR, um, you look at the weapons Kenny Pickett have, you know, if you want to just describe it or use an analogy, Mark, you got – you know, Deontay Johnson, he the Porsche of the wide receiver group. Um, you got GP. He's more like the 101 Aston Martin, James Bond edition of the group. And then you got Allen Robinson. He's the big boy Sunday uh, Rolls Royce fan of the group. And what do you know? We play football on Sundays. Usually if you got a Rolls Royce, you bring your Rolls Royce out on Sundays. So uh, Kenny has a, has a variety of weapons um, on the perimeter between AR, Deontay, and a guy, uh, George Pickens, who we call uh, Alien on our show um, at, the, at, the, at the wide receiver position. So, I mean, Kenny moving on to his second year, Mark, man, it's going to be a lot of fun for Kenny. Um, I don't think Kenny had, never had this much weapons, even though he had, you know, um, Addison, who left and went to USC, you know, the, the wide receiver war kid coming out in the draft as well. But now nah, we're talking about right now, ready. You know, you got three guys with three different body types who can pretty much get open whenever they need to. Um, and as a second year quarterback, especially for Kenny Pickett, I know he's licking his chops right now. Yeah. I, and I, um, Filling in for OBJ last year, that was kind of the role Allen Robinson tried to play. But the Rams' title defense was just like, okay, here's what happened. Jalen Ramsey is no longer a Ram now. He had a good season, but Bobby Wagner's no longer there. Leonard Floyd, Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle, Matt Stafford got hurt. So I look at the lack of production that Robinson's had the last two seasons, and it's like, is that really his fault? And then in his final season in Chicago, the Bears just decided to stop throwing him the football, which makes no sense to me. So I'm excited to see what he can do in a Steelers uniform. Now, what the Steelers are going to need to figure out is in 2024, he would be owed $10 million. Is that level of production there back at a Pro Bowl level? Do you want to pay that premium for $10 million in a season? Or do you want to just roll with Deontay Johnson, George Pickens and company and say, hey, we have an out here in 2024. It's a great problem to have because if he performs at a high level, that $10 million might be a sweet discount for Pittsburgh. So I love this move for a lot of different reasons, but beyond 2023, uh, we'll see how he performs this upcoming season to figure out, okay, is he going to be in Pittsburgh long-term or is he going to try to get another contract elsewhere? Because that's what he's working towards at this point in his career at the age of 29. Yeah, AR think AR, the kind of guy AR is, um, he knows if he stays healthy, it's just going to be the level of production, Mark. And sitting at $10 million um, for a guy who's a former pro bowler in AR for 2024, that's a steal. So if he becomes healthy, uh, we have three receivers that go for 1,000 yards apiece. AR would be cool. Um, but Omar, that's what Omar did. Omar was a guy – you know, who did contracts for the Pittsburgh Steelers first, Mark. So that's that's just that's home for him. Yeah. So I don't want to say what I think Omar will probably do, 
because I'm reading Omar's mind because I've been around him so long. Mm -hmm. But if AR wind up having a Pro Bowl season or get close to a thousand yards and we want to keep him and he wants to stay, tennis is still for the 2020 uh, full season yeah. for a guy that caliber, my mind. Ike, the Penn State connection, and let's light up the scoreboard at Akershire Stadium in 2023 and beyond. Let's roll. I love it. We need to take a quick break. Tell our listeners and viewers about betonline.ag. The draft is this week. Playoffs in both hockey and basketball are well underway. If you want to place a bet on any of the action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Ike, all people need to do, go to the website, betonline.ag, use our promo code BLEAV to receive their 50% welcome bonus on their first deposit. You can see that on your screen right now. Yeah, all day, every day, 365, 24-7, whatever sport it is. Make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. Steelers draft needs. Back-to-back -back weeks, I get to talk to you when you're at the facility in the 412. I know you're a little bit limited in what you can say. I'm just going to take over, turn over the reins of the show, too, of what you can say, and I'll fill in the blanks from there. But it's an honor to be talking to you when you're literally boots on the ground in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's it's pretty much whatever whatever's available, you know, mm. um, whatever we need. Um, some things I can't say uh, because that's way above my pay grade. You know what I'm saying? A different kind of tax bracket, Mark. Mm. But uh, just me going through this process, Mark, officially, um, unofficially, I've been around for a while, but just sitting here, sitting in these meetings for the past three, you know, three weeks in Pittsburgh, um, understanding how everything is ran, understanding how it goes, uh, looking at the draft board, um, looking at the pool of guys, depending on what position, looking at everybody, really all 32 teams, and just trying to get a guesstimation on what they might do. It's been a real good experience. But what I will say, Mark, um, throughout our mock drafts, I believe um, and believe in still this mock draft that we did over a couple of years, we haven't been wrong and we haven't been off. Yeah. So uh, whatever we doing, uh, let's keep that going with these mock drafts because the way now that I'm sitting in here and I'm looking at the way we talk about these mock drafts on who pops possibly can go where, we ain't been too far off, Mark. I will I say that. I love that, Ike. And so for the first time since Plaxico Burris was selected in 2000 in the first round, Steelers have a new general manager in the war room in Omar Khan. Now, obviously, Omar Khan has been there for a long time working alongside Kevin Colbert. You got Andy Weidel as well coming over from Philly as well. So those three of Omar Khan, Andy Weidel, Mike Tomlin working in the war room. And Ike, it's my understanding you're also going to be in the war room on draft yeah. day as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be in there suited and booted. Um, trying to pick my outfit out. I think I got the shirt. I got the shirt already. I got the pants. I just need to get the blazer. And, you know, I'm going to come with some van shoes. So it's going to be something comfortable. A little West Coast mixed with a little South. That's just my style. That's just my personality. So, yeah, Mark, I can't wait to get suited and booted for this uh, for this draft day, these three draft days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But I'm more excited about the guys I think potentially we're going to get. But I'm very excited about my outfit. <laughs> I can't blame you. I mean, there's a reason you're swagging you. Now, Ike, if I'm far off, let me know. Here's kind of how I see the Steelers draft needs. And again, I think you hit the nail on the head of the Steelers have positioned themselves to draft best available, but 
where they'll be at 17, 32, and 49. Those are really the first the first three picks that I'm looking at. So cornerback, and it's like, okay, Christian Gonzalez might be off the board. Joey Porter Jr. might be off the board at that point. So in my mock draft, Ike, and I filled one out on Pro Football Network's website, I had the Steelers taking Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois it, with the 17th pick. And reason being is if they do draft a corner in that slot, and a lot is going to depend on what happens in the first 16 selections, it's someone who would be able to learn alongside Patrick Peterson, who you now have under contract for two years. You can learn from Aminka Fitzpatrick, two players who have played at an all pro level as defensive backs in the NFL. So that's where I started with my mock draft, but other areas of need that I saw as well. You could get Kenny Pickett, a bodyguard for the next decade plus. I don't see anything wrong with that and improving the offensive line. Also, edge rusher depth. You've got TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Highsmith is entering a contract season. Do you want to position yourself to where if Alex Highsmith demands a premium next offseason, you've got to think, do you want to franchise tag him? Do you want to try to work out a long-term deal? Or do you want to go with a younger, cheaper, less expensive player given what his market value will be? One other thing I think the Steelers need, Ike, and I think Allen Robinson helps solve some of this. But when we talked to... Craig Wolfley earlier this year, the Steelers color commentator on the radio broadcast. It's the splash plays. How can we have an explosive offense in the 2023 season and beyond with Kenny Pickett and company, those 20 plus yard plays are there playmakers available, whether it's a receiver, a tight end, another running back that you can get into the mix that can help the explosive plays on offense. I think upgrading your offensive line will go a long way in doing that. But those to me are what, draft needs that the Steelers have that I've identified, at least from my two eyes. You know, since you was talking about cornerbacks, um, the three guys you named, uh, Gonzalez, Porter Jr., mm-hmm. and Witherspoon, um, not in that order, but, you know, I think Devin will be gone. Um, and really, yeah. when it comes down to the draft, you know how it was last year, two corners came off the board real early in the top five, and it just was a domino effect. So that could possibly happen. Um, in the first round again this year, you get you a few corners, really any position, you know, whatever position have two back to back, yeah, you know, one out there, one another, man, that's usually the domino effect. Everybody gets scared and they just start picking them out, regardless on where they was at on their drive board. So time will tell with that. But the but the three guys you just named are high high value guys when it comes down to the to that position and, and possibly going in the first round. So time will tell. But you know, we saw it last year. Um, usually, it's quarterbacks usually get off the board fast, but last year, it was pretty much out of the top 10. There was a lot more defensive guys than offensive guys, and heck, it was about in the top 15, it was about three corners that flew off the board last year. So um, now people are starting to see the value of corners because this game has been so spread now, and they're lining up with three receivers on the field rather than two. Um, they taking a tight end off and putting a, a – a, a slot receiver in there, more and more each formation, more and more each down. So guess what you need? And your third corner, your first and your second corner got to be real good corners. Your first corner got to be a dog. Your second corner got to be Robin. Your third corner got to be the cousin of Robin who can hold his own. So that's just what it is. That's just what the generation is going to. That's just what the NFL is going to. They're lining three receivers on the field, and they say, man, we're going we gonna to pick on the weakest cornerback. And that's exactly what they're doing. So the value – of cornerbacks nowadays, Marcus, is getting real high. 
Yes, yes. I, I think you could say the same thing about the offensive tackles in this draft too. And let me back sell again. When we talked to Lee Steinberg, he was talking about the drop-off of a team starting left tackle compared to the backup. So you obviously want a stud, but there's a huge drop-off if there's an injury to your starting left tackle to then either move over your starting right tackle to the other side or go to the backup. And so I think the same thing could happen with Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern, Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State, Darnell Wright, Tennessee, Anton Harrison, Oklahoma, Broderick Jones, Georgia. I mean, there are several others, but I think that domino effect that you mentioned with the corners could also potentially happen with offensive tackles here in the first round come Thursday. So, Mark, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one, but what I will say, Mark, is on the back is on the back side. You always got to ha have a foundation when it comes down to left tackle. But usually you can always uh, put a tight end or you can put the running back if you're going to go in the shotgun formation to have him chip to help, to help the left tackle. Nowadays, and this is just my personal opinion, your right tackle got to be just as good as your left tackle because now the TJ Watts now are lining up on the left side, which is the right side for the uh, opposing team's offense. So when you do that, you got to have a dog on the right side because usually your quarterbacks are right-handed. And when they see something just coming down, the, coming down the pipeline every time, it's not a good feel. So nowadays, I think um, the tables have turned. And I, always, I, I will always say this, this, uh, this position, the left tackle and the right tackle position should be value high. But I think now more than ever, guys and teams are starting to understand it, man. My right tackle got to be just as good as my left tackle because nowadays they're putting their best – pass rusher, edge rusher on the left side, which is the right side of the formation of the offense. So you got to be solid at two tackles. It can't be, look, we're just going to take the blind side out of them. Nah, nowadays, man, these these uh, these defensive coordinators, they're doing games, they're doing twists, and your right tackle got to be just as good as your left. Mm -hmm. I can, the Steelers certainly do that with TJ Watt. I'm going to be very cognizant when I'm watching football in 2023, when we're talking about the best edge rushers in the game. Micah Parsons, the Bosa brothers. Uh, I know Miles Garrett lines up over left tackles, but to see where the best edge rushers in the league line up, and sometimes Minka, teams Minka, will move Minka him Minka around. Minka for a lot. Minka for a lot. When he rush, he lines up. Not Minka. Yeah, Micah Parsons, when he lines mm -hmm. up, he lines up on the left side, which is the right side. He do a lot of damage. I mean, he going to do a lot of damage anywhere he go on mm -hmm. that defense. But for the most part, if you just look at the percentages, he lines up on the left side of that defense when he wants to rush. That's 12 years of NFL experience right there where you're watching at a deeper level than what you might see on a TV broadcast. So Ike, let me rip through the rest of my mock draft and we'll get you out of here because I know you've got scouting meetings. So with the 32nd pick, you can upgrade the defensive line, build the interior and the foundation, the front seven. I'm going to go with Brian Brzee out of Clemson, get some more depth for Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi and company up front. If he's there at 32, I'd love to see that because I love Cameron Hayward, Ike, but let's keep him fresh at the age of 34. Let's keep Larry Okunjobi, who was playing hurt last season, still playing at a very high level. Let's keep those guys fresh and help build the foundation for the next five to 10 years up front. Yeah, that's the good thing about having young guys. When you have a young guy, especially at that nose tackle position, you got a, a, a guy who a big body guy, we call them dump trunk guys. You got a dump truck body kind of guy who can move and hold a point. Man, when you got Larry and when you got Cam just sitting on the outside, them two guys, they able to do whatever they need to do. And we talking about a, a future Hall of Famer in, uh, in Cam as soon as he hang up the cleat. So 
Um, Cam going to be Cam, and what I mean by that, he's probably the most underrated defense alignment in the game from a fan perspective. But if you ask anybody who played football against him, they say he's hell. And that's the reason why he's going to the Hall of Fame and he can play any position on that defensive line. You give him some help, like you said, even though he's 33, um, he's just as successful as anybody younger than him or older than him. Consistent. That's just Cam. That's the way his body is. That's the way he moves. That's the way he works. So um, Coach T do a good job of, you know, making sure Cam is fresh. Um, what people don't understand about Cam is his football IQ. You know, he got a high football IQ. So his, the moves that he make, the plays that he make, uh, it's because he already know what you're trying to do to him. So, um, but you get him a young, fresh body, take a lot of the load off of him. You can only imagine the year Cam would have if uh, if he have a fresh body sitting in that middle when it comes down to that defense, Mark. Someone who could learn from an established veteran who's played at the highest level too as well, Ike. Let me give you the rest of my picks really quickly. And if you want to hop in at any point, Ike, feel free. Pick 49, I've got the Steelers picking an offensive tackle in Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. We'll get Kenny Pickett, a bodyguard. We'll get the Steelers, an offensive lineman. First, Steelers haven't picked an offensive lineman in the first or the second round since 2012 and David DeCastro. We know how it worked out with DeCastro. We know how it worked out with Pouncey up front, paving the way in the 2010s, Ike up front. So uh, round three, I've got Gervon Dexter out of Florida, defensive lineman. Round four, I picked an edge rusher, Nick Hampton out of Appalachian State. Again, get some edge rushing depth. I think that is something the Steelers will address in the draft considering You've got a premium in TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, but there's not a ton of depth behind both of those players. And you need to position yourself to where if Alex Highsmith demands a premium and top dollar next offseason, you'll be in a decent position to make sure that you're okay up front. <clears throat> got Malik Cunningham, the quarterback out of Louisville in the seventh round. I think the Steelers could also look to the XFL for a quarterback. They'll need a third stringer because Mason Rudolph remains a free agent. You've got Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky under contract. And then I picked a tight end, Josh Weil, out of Cincinnati with the last seventh-round pick that the Steelers have. Give, you know, I know that they have Connor Hayward as well, but, you know, you've got Pat Fryermuth, you've got Zach Gentry, who they just re-signed. Connor Hayward, I think they could use not just at the tight end position, but in the backfield almost as like a fullback as well. So those were those were my picks for the Steelers. You can roast them if you want to, but also keep in mind there's a lot of players where it's like, yeah, but what if the Steelers took this guy? And it's like, look, a lot of times there's going to be other teams that pick the players that you really want before the Steelers pick at 17, 32, 49, and so forth. Yeah, so getting back to, to your third-round pick, um, just, just as an offense alignment, Mark, you can never not have enough offense alignment. Um, yeah. We don't even – have to go too far. Just look at what the Philadelphia Eagles did with the offensive line. Look how far they went with Jalen Hurts. Uh, shout out Jalen Hurts for getting his 255 on his new contract. So when – and I'm talking M's. I'm sorry. I ain't talking about dollars or 200000 I'm talking about $255 million. So what you look at with the Philadelphia Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles did, they did exactly um, what we used to do back in the day, uh, draft offensive line in first or second round. You know, um, Alan Fanica, we call him Red, Hall of Fame. Uh, Pouncey um, is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, the Castro, uh, the Castro cut it short, but at the same time, uh, that was his decision. Uh, a multiple Pro Bowler offensive lineman. So 
I can just go down the line, the offensive lineman. We had Marvell Smith um, coming from the West Coast, uh, Kendall Simmons coming from Auburn. So we we had a lot. Uh, I didn't play with a lot of offensive linemen. Willie Cologne, I didn't play with a, a lot of offensive linemen who was just pit bulls at the front. So um, it just, when I saw the Philadelphia Eagles and the moves they made uh, to help Jalen Hurts, they had the best offensive line in the game, Mark. Um, so when you, when you, when you look at that, uh, that's exactly the recipe uh, that I think the Pittsburgh Steelers might want to get back to when it comes down to, to having bodyguards for Kenny Pickett, as you would say. Ike, I'm very excited to where I hope we're talking a week from now and we'll say, I can't believe this player fell to the Steelers a lot like a year ago. We were saying the same thing with Kenny Pickett. That is my hope come Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're doing. Um, getting back to your other position, edge rusher, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, historically, it always comes down to finding the edge, uh, edge rusher, yeah, finding a, a, a nugget or a gem or a guy who has become a guy like Alex Highsmith. Um, I don't think people in their right mind other than Pittsburgh saw what Alex, High, Alex Highsmith was going to do until now. You know, Alex led the league in TFLs. He almost led the league in sacks if he didn't get hurt a few games. And really, when you want to talk about TJ Hurt, TJ Watt getting hurt, I don't think nobody ever uh, expected Alex Highsmith to step his game up like that. But he saw that as a major opportunity. Now he's putting himself in a good position to get some cheese. So when it comes down to that edge rush, that outside linebacker position, uh, in my mind, since the since the seventies, nobody has found better linebackers than the Pittsburgh Steelers to do that. Yeah, Ike, that's fair to say. I think that's totally fair to say. Really quickly, Ike, first two picks: Panthers number one, Texans at number two. I would say either go Stroud or Anthony Richardson if I were the Panthers. What should those two teams do at the very top of the draft? I like AR. I, I think AR got the no ceiling clause in what he can do. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think AR is the best athlete um, slash quarterback. And this is how I look at quarterbacks. Uh, when you got quarterbacks who are in major top power five colleges, who are they throwing to? Is the offensive line going high in the draft? Is the running backs going high in the draft? Is the receivers going high in the draft? Okay, name one Anthony Richardson receiver that you think that's going to go first or second round. Name one offensive lineman from Florida that you think that's going to go first or second round. Name one running back in the backfield from Florida with Anthony Richardson that you think that's going to go first round. So if you don't, if you can't name them, that's showing the value and how good this kid is. I, I was already high on him. Um, we talked about him at least a month and a half ago, and mm-hmm. I always been high on Aaron because I saw what he did. He's he's done more with less. And if you just look at a lot of your great quarterbacks who come into the NFL, uh, you really can't name uh, top first round receivers that they had. Only a few. Um, Aaron Rodgers from Cal. I don't think he had a top first round receiver. Uh, Big Ben, Miami, Ohio. I don't think he had a first-round receiver. Uh, Joe Flacco coming from the East Coast. I don't think he had a a, a first-round receiver. So when you look at these guys and you're evaluating these guys, you're like, okay, if I do get these guys weapons, I can only imagine. So uh, the Brett Falls, the John Elway, just look at these guys who in the Hall of Fame uh, didn't have these luxuries that a lot of these Power Five quarterbacks have when it comes down to the perimeter guys. So that's why I value 
uh, AR so much because he's done a lot with little. Like he's done more with little, and um, that's why I had him as my top quarterback. Other teams might look at it different. I'm just saying um, when we played guys, uh, Eli Manning, and Eli was a TB a TB12 um, go getter. Um, and when you look at TB12, Tom Brady, who did he have to throw to in college? That was a first and second round receiver. So that's when I, when I look at the quarterback position, that's exactly how I value my quarterbacks. Now when it gets to the league and you give them guys to throw to, it's like, man, I told you so. So just athletically, AR, go with the right – he go with the right coach, go with the right situation. They're going to take off. Um, I, I, obviously, he's going to be around – uh, better receiver that he had. And this is no knock to nobody at Florida than Florida. So when you give him that kind of recipe and you give him a coach that know what to do with his athleticism, Mark, that's why I say there is no ceiling for AR. And that's why I think he's the best um, at that position in the draft. Mm-hmm. So if he were to go one, which it's looking like it's going to be Bryce Young, who is the heavy favorite out of Alabama, <laughs> What do you think the Tex? Do you think the Texans should draft Richardson at two? Then I'm going for AR. If 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 oh. I was in that position, if I was the GM, I'm taking AR. I'm taking AR. And, and AR, I, I know you're saying this too. Like you're not saying this to get clicks. We've been doing this now for several years, and I always just sit back and listen. It, it is I, I'm getting a glimpse into your brain about how all this works, and I think about the development. You tell me all the time about how quarterbacks need to force defenses play 11 on 11. And when the Panthers had a quarterback 6364 out of the SEC several years back in Cam Newton, I'd say it worked out for them. Here's the thing too, and this might not be popular to say, but if Richardson were to get drafted early on, he's the type of quarterback where, yes, you want to see him on the field as soon as possible and the rookie contract and all of that. But if he goes to a system where he can learn from an established veteran who's played at a high level and then come in once he's ready, once he's familiar with the playbook, once he's learned underneath. That's not a popular or flashy decision to make, Ike, but I've seen that recipe work out for so many quarterbacks in the NFL. And to me, it's not really about the 2023 season for whichever team drafts Richardson. It's about his development and what it leads to in 2024 and beyond. Yeah, so so my... My thoughts on these quarterbacks coming out, Mark, is seven on seven is so huge. They got tens of thousands of snaps and reps at throwing the ball to receivers. Back in the day, uh, you know, them guys had to work or they, they didn't have the luxury of these seven on seven marks. These young kids, they getting reps after reps. So they're able to read cover two, cover one, cover four. Uh, in high school, really, they starting off in middle school then high school, then college. So the reps are so far beyond with this generation. I don't see any reason for him to sit. If, if I'm looking at it, um, they didn't sit. Well, Eli, Eli had to wait it out, but Peyton Manning didn't sit. Uh, Seven had to wait it out. He came off a default. default. But nowadays, I don't think you need to sit. Um, Joe Cool didn't sit in Cincinnati. He didn't sit at all. You already saw it. So when you see when you see somebody special, you go on and just take your losses, and your losses might be a couple of games. If we got six games um, in the front of the season and we win three, hell, we're above schedule. You know, that's that's how I look at it. So if we go three and three, 
man, we're above schedule. Um, how, I'm, how I'm looking at it with DeMarco Ryan sitting at the head coach position, mm-hmm. one thing I know his defense is going to be on point. Oh, yeah. And he's going to have some kind of a run game just coming from Kyle Shanahan and that tree. So you give him AR, now he has a luxury. Now he's thinking like a defensive coordinator, but on the offensive side, man, now it's really 11 on 11. Because usually when you got a pocket quarterback, you don't account for a quarterback running the ball. Um, the first thing I tell whatever AR team go to is, hey, bro, as soon as you as, as, as soon as you see daylight run, but once you see daylight slide. And I give me a I give me a dang baseball coach. Uh let mm-hmm. let let AR go through some lessons on learning how to slide. If you don't know how to slide, that's the first thing I do. But it just makes your it just makes your defense so hard to play when it's a true 11 on 11 because yeah. now that quarterback who can run, he's the ultimate mismatch. A guy who can down there jump 40 inches, ran a 4-4 at the combine, threw the ball at his pro day, hit the top of the ceiling. That says a lot. And by the way, he's still raw. So now I can create and mold him to exactly who I want him to be. I can put that offense around his athletic ability. So um, I don't think it's an issue with AR going one. Um, I know they said they like the reps at the quarterback, but nowadays, uh, excuse me, if you just look at the first-round receivers, and this is no knock to C.J. Stroud, but if you just look at the first-round receiver C.J. Stroud was going to, it's, it's been number first, second. <laughs> he probably have a first or second wide receiver go this year. So uh, if you look at what, what, what A.R. been working with as far as like receiver-wise and rounds they've been going, really little to nothing. So that's what I'm saying. When I, when I look at that quarterback position, I'm looking at, who the heck is he throwing to? Who the heck is his offensive line? Does he have a first round uh, running back and so on? So from that perspective, that's why I always looked at him like there is no ceiling. You know, the, they, the sky's the limit for him and really space is the limit for him. So that's why I would pick AR <laughs> if I was GM at the number one receiver. And that's the reason why. That's incredible, Ike. And I will say this. I am on record saying this. I think the Seahawks would be the best fit for him early on in the draft Geno Smith, Pete Carroll and company where he could learn. He could learn, Ike. I know it's not popular to say this, but I'm just. No, it's not popular, but Mark, you're, you're it not, works. You're, you're it not works. wrong. You're, you're, you're not wrong. And we don't do nothing for clicks alike. We don't care nothing about that. We just talk football. But that would be a perfect landing spot because you already know with the running game, they got a, they got a two-headed monster over there already. Uh, mm-hmm. Their defense is getting back to that old Pete Carroll's defense. So you just yeah. signed Geno. Um, we see in the off season, Gino is working his butt off. He signed a three year deal, well deserved. And if you want, if you want somebody to sit under Gino, it would be AR. And Bobby Wagner's back too, Ike. Um, let's get you out of here on Thursday, Ike. I know you'll be in the war room. We will have a special guest to preview the draft here on the Believe in Steelers show on Thursday morning. So that will be out in advance of the draft. And we'll get you all caught up on everything that the Steelers did following the draft as well. Uh, Ike, I know you'll be busy. I'll at at the very least provide reaction to whoever the Steelers pick at 17. I cannot wait. This is my favorite event every year. And the draft this year in Kansas City, Missouri as well. So I, I am so pumped. And Ike, I'm very happy and proud of you too. Boots on the ground in the Steelers scouting department physically being in the war room too. I can't wait to ask you about what it was like the moment of whoever the Steelers end up selecting. It's going to be a big, big week for the Steelers, the league and beyond. I am fired up this morning. 
Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting real anxious. For me, this felt like a Super Bowl. Um, Thursday can't come quick enough, you know. So uh, it's a real good experience. It's really everything I didn't dreamed about. Everything I thought uh, scouting could be is that plus more. Um, the process, I love the process. So we've talked about this for about three and a half years on our show. I'm actually sitting in the war room, Mark, being a part of this organization, um, being in the game, but not being in the game, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So uh, just truly blessed, to be honest with you, Mark, just truly blessed. Um, I thought um, I would want to go a different route. Obviously, the good man had another plan for me. So I just had to sit back and just take it from him. And his plan always worked. You know, we always got goals and things we wanted to do. But the good man always have other 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 thoughts on other chapters or other stories. And you just got to sit back and take it and acknowledge it. So this is exactly what I'm doing. So everything working out good. We talked about this. We talked about the show. Um, you have your goals and what you want to do. We're not far-fetched from hitting them goals um, as a duo. So it's just timing is everything. Our time will come when it comes down to these podcasts. Don't even trip. We ain't doing nothing but building blocks, depositing money in the bank, and that's just continually getting better on these shows and giving nothing but insight. So um, I want to thank BetOnline.ag for sponsoring our show. Y'all been with us since day one. want to thank Brinks TV, of course, for making us uh, look good on this podcast. Got to thank Believe in Steelers Podcast for giving us the opportunity again. I uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure y'all give us a five-star rating. Tuning in, all, all our fans and viewers, for tuning in to Mark and I. Got to give a shout out to my little bro Mark for just rocking with me since day one. Um, it became a, it became a, I don't know you to a friendship to a brotherhood. That's just what we're doing. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in with us, and I let Mark close it up. Right, Taylor. I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks so much for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We will leave our social media handles in the notes. A lot of content this week. Enjoy the draft. We'll see you later this week. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 